Hi, therapists. Welcome to another episode of Air. Yes. We're talking again tonight. I reached for the mic again tonight to talk to my therapists slash listeners. I want to talk tonight about a topic that is on almost everyone's lips. And that is of vaccination. To vaccinate or not to vaccinate. It's been a pretty interesting week in Jamaica. We received vaccination on, we received the vaccines rather on Monday. A shipment came from India, shipment of AstraZeneca came in on Monday, March 10th. And it was a shipment that was promised uh, to come earlier in the month. And, you know, the Minister of Health has been really working He has been going across the island, campaigning, basically begging people to wear their masks. He has been thrust to the forefront ever since March of last year, March of 2020. He has been thrust to the forefront and he has stood his ground. He has done his job, you know. It's commonplace to see him on the television every afternoon now giving the COVID-19 updates. And lately, therapists, our numbers have been growing. Lately, therapists, we have had some sweltering numbers. We have had so many cases of death. First, okay, let me just recap Jamaica and COVID-19's relationship, okay? So we had our first case of COVID-19 on March 10th, 2020. It was an imported case Someone flew in from the UK and was basically patient zero for this island. She flew in for a funeral and she was the first recorded case of COVID-19. Do you know what happened when we had that first recorded case of COVID-19? I'll tell you. Panic happened. Pandemonium happened. The first thing that the Prime Minister decided to do um, after that first case was put schools on alert. You know, there might be a closure of all schools across the island. And so... 
a day after hearing about that first case from the UK, we hear about a second case also incidentally coming in from the UK. And this person worked at uh, the embassy. And the embassy closed its doors for deep cleaning. And the prime minister announced that all schools across the island would be closed on March 13th, 2020. And so it happened every single school. The island of Jamaica was closed on March 13, 2020. And online learning became the tagline, became the art of the day. Uh, needless to say, in Jamaica, not everyone has internet access, especially outside of the cities, especially the rural areas. So immediately, you know, children in those communities, children in the rural areas of Jamaica, were put at a distinct disadvantage. But at the time, COVID-19 was new and nobody knew what to expect. And of course, we were following news from other countries. And I remember Italy had like a daily body count. So when we saw those stories, we just assumed that, okay, this thing, you know, is going to just decimate our little island. I remember there were so many stories coming out, uh, March of 2020, it can't stay here, it's Jamaica's too hot, it can't survive in the heat, and there were all of these different stories coming out. Of course, we didn't know as much about it as we knew, as we know now, right? So, and I remember one other thing that people were saying, even the health professionals, even the Minister of Health himself told us not to wear masks. Don't wear masks or gloves. The mask or gloves are for the people already infected. And so we were going around, you know, with not much information about this, this illness, this virus, not much information about it. And we were just, you know, going on a wing and a prayer, basically. <sighs> Don't get me started on the lockdowns. Oh, my God. So after school is closed, one particular community in Jamaica where patient zero was staying was also locked down and isolated from the rest of the, 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 the um, parish. And it was a parish, it was a community in um, Bull Bay. And they actually sent soldiers and policemen to ensure that these people did not leave their homes, did not try to come into the city, did not interact with anybody. 
And so with that, with them clamping down on this particular community where patient zero is said to have stayed, um, there were issues of, will the people have enough food? How will the people be taken care of? And so on and so forth. And so they had to do food drops and food packages. Meanwhile, the rest of Jamaica were just going around like buying up every single hand sanitizer. We didn't have a toilet paper shortage like the U.S. No, what was missing from our shelves was hand sanitizer. Like there were, there was no hand sanitizer anywhere. So people resorted to making their own. People resorted to taking <laughs> overproof rum, you know, putting it in a bottle and spraying it on their hands. You know, Jamaica's always had a beautiful history with rum. So rum came into play again and we started using rum on our hands when we could not get hand sanitizers anywhere. People between March 10th and March 14th of 2020, every hand sanitizer available anywhere was just jumping off the shelves. And of course, manufacturers took took advantage of that. So, you know, the price for, for hand sanitizer went up by almost 100% because it was in such high demand. So after the school closures, after locking down the community, where patient zero is said to have stayed, we had a workplace cluster. Oh no, therapists slash listeners, that workplace cluster had 52 cases and the prime minister locked Portmore down, locked Spanish down, locked and Catherine down. Because there was a fear that from that workplace cluster, our numbers would grow. And when he locked <laughs> St. Catherine down, oh my gosh. Things started to look dire. Things started to feel dire. It started to feel, you know, like we were in the opening scenes of an apocalyptic movie. Like, is this, the, is this how we all die? Do we all starve to death in these severe lockdowns? And so, in the early stages, in the early part of our relationship with COVID-19, it was just lockdowns. It was just prevention of spread and all of that. And everybody was ordered to work from home. I mean, for us teachers, we were already doing that. We were already trying to create, you know, some semblance of order with online learning. We were already trying to give the children some kind of idea of normalcy with online learning. And so when other Jamaicans were asked to work from home, then we realized, okay, this thing really has far-reaching effects. So after the shutdown of St. Catherine and eventual reopening of St. Catherine, borders rather um, we had few numbers 
and we were even commended for how we were handling COVID-19. We were even commended for our small numbers and what we were doing in terms of prevention of spread, you know. We had a nightly curfew that prevented people from traveling at night and mixing at night and all the nightly entertainment activities. Because let me just say something about Jamaica. There's always a party going on, you know, and nighttime is alive here in terms of entertainment. And all of that had to come to a screeching halt because of the nightly curfews in in an attempt, in an effort to prevent, you know, community spread. But all that we did, therapists, to prevent community spread, we eventually got to the community spread stage. When we got there, the cases tripled, the cases doubled, you know, and where we're at right now, one year, exactly one year after the first COVID case, we are at hospitals that are overrun. We are at, we are at crisis levels, you know, Cases are increasing, debts are increasing. There is a story, or they have not officially sorted this out, whether or not we have the UK variants, you know. And of course, in all of this, with all of this that's going on, the doomsday prophets are out. This is the end time. This is how it's supposed to be. You know, they're always ready to try to interpret, you know, anything as one more step closer to doomsday. So they're out in full swing and they have a lot to say about what's going on in Jamaica right now, what's going on in the world right now in terms of COVID-19 and its lingering and lasting effects. So the vaccine came Monday, March 10th, a year, a year to the first, a year to the date of the first case of COVID-19 in Jamaica. Doomsday prophets came out again <laughs> when the vaccine came, therapists, and the, the whole idea that the vaccine you know, is a sign of the end times and the vaccine is a sign of doomsday. And they have a lot to say. There's a lot to say on both sides. Those who purport the value of the vaccine have been reeling out you know, all of its positive aspects. Those who who are anti-vaccine, of course, they have a soapbox just as high as the proponents. 
uh, and they have a lot to say as well. When I look at how they are approaching the vaccine here in Jamaica, it gives me it gives me great pause, and it gives me great pause because the Minister of Health, who has been at the forefront of this COVID nineteen fight ever since March tenth, twenty twenty, who has been on our television screens every afternoon talking about COVID measures and COVID cases, and how we're handling it, the person who has been at the forefront of all of this has taken a back seat to taking the vaccine. And I said to myself, as somebody who's, a, who's good at marketing, why would he take that approach? You are the Minister of Health. You believe in this vaccine. You believe in it. You've been pushing it for months. You've been telling people of the importance of taking it. Yet it comes to the island. It came on March 10th. They started giving people shots on, on Wednesday, March. Oh, Wednesday. Wednesday, start giving people shots on Wednesday, two days after it arrives in the island. And you are not the first person to get a shot. And it begs the question, why? Why as a minister of health would you not want to get the vaccine? Every day you're talking about the value of the vaccine, the importance of the vaccine in the fight against COVID-19. And yet you yourself have not rolled up your sleeves to get your shot. Now, for persons with anxiety like me, therapists, you would understand why we would become skeptical the man at the helm has not yet taken his shot. He has instead wheeled out um, former prime ministers, two former prime ministers, much older than he is, to come out and get the shot. And on the day that they received their vaccine, he stood there and watched them take it with no indication of taking it himself. It makes me wonder, why? Why? You have been the face of the fight for a year now. The face of the fight against COVID-19. You have campaigned for people to wear masks. You have literally visited every single town in this island or on this island campaigning for wearing masks, campaigning for proper observances of COVID-19 protocols and yet the vaccine comes and you're not first in line to take it. Gives me pause as someone in anxiety. Therapist, I know you can understand that. 
you know. The second thing that gives me pause about this AstraZeneca vaccine is the fact that (laughs) the Minister of Finance incentivized taking the vaccine. So he said all the people who don't have a job, all the people who are surviving basically on welfare, our version of welfare is called PATH. I'll explain in another um, podcast what PATH is. But it's basically a social welfare program to help the downtrodden and the poverty-stricken. So the Minister of Finance stands up in the middle of a budget debate, you know, stands up and says, all those who are over 60, who don't have a pension, if you take the vaccine, you'll get a grant of $10,000. Therapists, I felt the hair on the back of my neck rise up. I said, what? Why are they incentivizing the taking of the vaccine? That also gives me great pause. So the Minister of Health won't take it. The other ministers in Parliament won't take it. But the poor and downtrodden, hey, will pay you if you take it. How does that look? How do you feel about that, therapist? And I know that AstraZeneca, of all the vaccines created, seems to be, you know, the unloved child among them. (laughs) I know Pfizer. Pfizer is touted as the best. You know, then there's Moderna coming in, a strong second. The Johnson Johnson one just recently got um, the go-ahead, the pass. And, you know, a lot of people say about the Johnson Johnson, if, hey, if the, if, if the, if the powder allegedly led to cancer, what would the vaccine do? <laughs> that's, just, that's just the street talking. The street's like, what? Johnson & Johnson has a COVID-19 vaccine. Hey, the powder gave some people cancer, allegedly. So, why would I line up to get the vaccine? And in all of that, there's AstraZeneca. And AstraZeneca apparently is the one that they're giving to us in the third world. Yeah, I still say third world. It, it's still a thing. You know, if you're from the third world, you can use the words third world without it being, you know, racist or rude or inappropriate. So here in the third world, they're giving us the AstraZeneca. For free, mind you. And the agent doing the transaction is India. And it leads me to wonder, is this a geopolitical move on the part of India? Are they trying to say, hey, look at us. We've got some swing too. We're going to go ahead and give you this vaccine. And when we need something, huh? remember this favor that we did for you. So... Across the Caribbean, India has been giving out vaccines. 
India has been sending um, AstraZeneca to us. I'm sure they want something in return. They're just not saying what they want yet. We'll see how that plays out. And so that also gave a lot of people pause. India, you know, we're going all the way to India for this vaccine. Whatever happened to our relationship with closer neighbors, why all the way to India? So this has been another area of concern for people. Right now, I'm just looking at how it's going to play out. There are already cases of doctors selling the vaccine to people. The vaccine they got for free, mind you. Selling the vaccine to people. There are already cases of people not um, not on the list. Or people who are not supposed to receive it, receiving it. Today, the Ministry of Education... Or rather, yesterday, the Ministry of Education sent out a list asking teachers to add their names to the list if they wanted to be vaccinated. Because the plan is to first vaccinate essential workers, the nurses, the doctors, supporters, everyone who has anything to do with the medical centers or medical health centers. They would be vaccinated first followed by the police and the soldiers, you know. Then, of course, the elderly. And word word tells, teachers would be next. And so the list is already out there. They're asking teachers to add their names and their information if they want to be vaccinated. When I heard about it, my first question and my only question was, has the Minister of Health already been vaccinated? Does he believe in AstraZeneca as much as he purports? Has he yet rolled up his sleeve? To the date of this podcast, he has not. So I'm just here, therapist with my anxieties and with my fears, hoping that this season of COVID-19 passes, hoping that life can get back to some semblance of normalcy. I'll keep you posted, therapist. I'll give you the details. I'll let you know exactly what's going on. This has been another episode of A, the vaccine edition. (laughs) Thank you for listening.